What's up, Lashinistas? Welcome to the show. This is the Live Day Podcast, where we talk about the ever-growing eyelash business. This is your first time listening to our show. Welcome. This podcast is dedicated to helping you grow as a lash artist and or lash business owners. Whether you work for yourself or someone else, this podcast is for you. I like the pink, by the way. The Thank pink. you. Yeah. Hey guys, this is Mike and Shauna Jones. We're the owners of Live Bay Lash. Our heart is to share with you our uphill battle in this lash industry and to show you what started out of a tiny bedroom in our house, extremely broke, has turned into an eight-figure company. We are here to encourage you during your last journey and to give you guys a real raw version of what things really like. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about crazy stories in the lash industry and what we did to overcome them. Yes. Uh, oh. Any announcements? Yeah, we have some. My top eyelash keeps going to my bottom. It's really driving no, that me That is wild. an announcement. That is. But anyways, we have all of our classes. They're $400 off. You can visit livebaylashclass.com. The pricing um, online already reflects the $400 off. Um, we're coming to some amazing cities. So you can take the five-day if you're a newbie or if you already are proficient in classic, then you can take our three-day, which is volume and mega. Yeah. Uh, financing is available Fancy through Sezzle and PayPal. Also, we're going to be at the Lash Conference, formerly LashCon. So yes. I don't know if there's any tickets left. I think there was like 25 tickets left or something crazy. It's going to be a big event. But um, it's a great event to come learn from some of the best in the industry. And so if you're a fan of LidBay, you want to come see us speak or even come by see our booth, say hi. Or a fan of anybody. There's some really good speakers there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. even if you're like, I've seen a couple posts in the team, they're like, oh, I'm like, I don't know anybody. Just come hang out with me. Come buy a drink. Yeah. We're gonna I'll buy a you a shot. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> I won't. No. Wow. I'm just kidding. Okay. Yes, I will. What an Indian giver. I, <laughs> oh, whatever. Anyways. Um, okay. I'll buy you a shot. Um, I was going to say too, we have our monthly subscription I'll boxes. I'll buy you a shot. Yeah. Um, our monthly subscription boxes, they are $99 a month. Um, they're amazing. You have three different levels to choose from based on your um, experience. $200 or more in Live Bay product every single month in a cute little box. So check it out at livebaysupplies.com. Yeah. All right. So jumping into the episode, uh, I think it's really important to do some heavy research before you list products for sale. Um, believe it or not, there are a lot of people out there slowly but surely patenting a lot of the products that we use in this industry. Uh, and these are normal, like everyday use products, things you wouldn't even think about. And so I would just say, do your research when you're talking to your vendors overseas. Uh, and I'm not talking about any particular situation. Uh, when you do your research and you, you, someone hits you up and they're like, hey, try this product out, make sure you look first and find out if that product is available or if it's been trademarked or patented on the US side. Because here's the thing, even though they may have a patent in China on that particular product, going and using that product in the US, there could be an actual patent on it, and then you could get yourself in big trouble. And we've seen this happen with numerous things. It could be anything with glues, bonding agents, accessories, accessories yeah. furniture, you name it. So just be very, very careful on it. It'll save yourself some uh, legal hassle and some negotiations in the long run. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for the incident we're talking about, like the patent wasn't even, um, it wasn't active. So um, that was a little silly. But yeah, I, it doesn't matter. Like even if your vendor's like, no, this is trademarked, it's totally different. Like going into the U.S., so you definitely want to do like your due diligence as far as like you know new products you're dropping. It could be something so basic, but someone else is already on the patent train with that. What else? Um, I was gonna say just on like the business side, I think that um, some of the stuff we've gone through is um, 
not properly training like your staff on every type of situation. We've had people like literally throw phones and laptops at our front desk and our front desk literally has no idea like how to react to that. I don't think I would not react to that. Yeah. I mean, I would probably punch someone, but, um, so I think like training and stuff like that, we've had some crazy clients who have literally like, um, smacked my lash artist, uh, through a laptop, a cell phone, like, and it's over like silly stuff. Um, and those are some of the things that we we deal with actually a lot, which is crazy. We end up throwing them out, but yeah, we had a lady one time that uh, she was in the recliner chair, got her service done, and afterwards, uh, the last year, I said, "You can go ahead and recline yourself up," and she was like, uh, "You can recline me. I'm a paying customer." <laughs> yeah, and, and she smacked her hand, smacked her hand, and she went to reach for the lever, and yeah, yeah. There's some there's some uh, high maintenance people out there. I actually had a Yelp review the other day too. And someone's like, ah, this place has really gone downhill. The customer service and, and the lash artists are always calling off and there's nobody that can take me. It's like, <sighs> first of all, we're in the middle of a recession, right? Or we're heading towards one. There's a huge labor shortage, right? And these are lash artists that you don't just grow on trees. They have to have an esthetician or cosmetology license. Then they have to be trained on how to use really sharp tweezers above your eyelashes. Yeah. And so if one of them calls out and I don't have anybody else extra that day, what do you want me to do? We're still dealing with COVID. People are getting COVID. China just had COVID literally two weeks ago. They did. When we were on vacation. Second round. Yeah, second round of it. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't get it. You are Olive. That's weird. Hmm. Super immunity. Yeah. Or maybe I was asymptomatic. Maybe you were. Maybe, it's maybe all I that, got it from you. Maybe it's all that jujitsu. Yeah. You probably brought it home and gave it to me. And Somebody teabagged me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, but I was like, eh. Um, okay, what else? Well, I was going to say, too, uh, the trademark lawsuit we went through. Obviously, mm-hmm. once upon a time, our name was Sassy Lashes. Now we're Live Bay Lash. Yeah. Lash, I don't want to call it Lash Whore. Yeah, that probably wouldn't have gone over well. Well, maybe it would have. You never know. Yeah. But anyways, we used the name Sassy Lashes when we first started out. We were like, hey, listen, you know, this is a great name. All we're trying to do is sling some lashes out of the house. I had no idea that we would ever get to a point where we'd be trying to, you know, sell products in every major state and country. <laughs> yeah. And and so we, we didn't even look to see the name was in use. We just ran with it, did it, and ended up getting sued. We got ourselves in quite a bit of trouble, hence the name Live Bay Lash now. Yeah, it was a good – I think that really happened for the best, though, because, like, the name, it's, like, so crazy, but, like – if we would have kept going, it could have been much worse. Like we would have paid. No, for sure. You hear us talk about this over and over. Make sure you guys do your search locally. Check your local Secretary of State website to see if the name is available. If your name is available locally on the Secretary of State. So like if you're in Nevada, you do Nevada, Secretary of State, California, Secretary of State, whatever state you're in. If its name is available locally, then you're going to go and find out if it's available with the what they call test search on the USPTO.gov website. You do the test search, it'll tell you if that name is available and if there's anything very similar. And what happens if you find out, like, let's just say you're called Quality Auto Body and somebody else is called Quality Body Shop, right? Quality is kind of an ambiguous term, right? Like used as um, like a descriptor for it. But the thing is, is the name is so similar and they're both in the body, like shop repair 
you know, just using this example, body repair industry, industry yeah. that the USPTO would go, no, nah, I can't let you have this already one, two, somewhere to it. People are going to be confused. Mm -hmm. And I know you're thinking like, hey, listen, let's even say they weren't in the same state. Like one's in one state, one's another one. They're still going to shoot it down. You're going to say it's too, too, it's causing confusion in the marketplace. And what happens is if somebody's got that registered, you in fact could be sued. And what they can do is they can literally go back to every year that you've used that name and sue you for profits times three. Mm-hmm. They can come after your house. They can come after your vehicles. If your stuff's not in a trust, you can be in some big trouble. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, this isn't meant to be like a gloom and doom episode. Just do your homework. Make sure you guys are actually, like, making sure the name is truly available. Simplest way is just check an IG. Do at, put the name in. No one's using it. Probably a good chance you're going to be okay with it. Yeah. I was going to say another crazy thing that happened in our business is, um, and this was after we reopened for COVID, um, we had put all of our lash artists at independent contractors because they, we wanted them to like have higher paychecks because obviously they'd be responsible for their taxes. Um, and we didn't know how business was going to be. Yeah. We didn't know how business was going to be. Um, business obviously ended up being like insane. Um, but on our actual business model after, I don't know how many months we ended up having to switch them back to employees and we had like a massive walkout, like, mm. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. We, Why do we have a massive walkout? So basically, as an independent contractor, they couldn't block off. Like if they were like, oh, I want a caramel macchiato, I'm just going to block off disappear. my schedule and disappear. And what was happening is that we have like a daily spend on marketing. So if it was slower in the morning, we'd be like, hey, Renee, you know, boost up the marketing. And then by two o'clock, we'd be getting like hit with all these appointments. And then our lash artist would just be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to the pool. And they would just block out and leave. And then we would be like, oh, my gosh, like the money is just flushed on the toilet because we have no one to take those appointments. So we decided to switch them to an employee. And basically, we had a massive walkout. It was like 25 plus lash artists, uh, a lot of them being at like one our Boca Park location. Um, and that was really, really hard because. I was so worried just about everything. I mean, you think about it, like you're spending all this money, you have all these clients that need to be serviced. And a lot of these girls were brought up in our system. And we all know what happens when lash artists leave, right? Like, we love you, we love you. Did you get by a bus? <laughs> no, oh. we love you, we love you. We would never take clients, whatever. I mean, some make like these crazy like the the excuses are I'm insane. moving back to Texas to take care of my sick grandma. Yeah, or like I literally am having like I need to check myself in for mental health or like my mom, you know, is whatever. Like we've had some of the just wildest things. I'm like, dude, let's just talk, like just be normal. Like just tell me the truth. I already know what's going to happen. So anyways, massive walkout. We did lose a lot of clients. Um, they weren't going for mental health, by the way. They were opening up a solo <laughs> yeah. suite. Just in case, you know, you, didn't, you weren't catching on the sarcasm. Yeah. And it's decorated the same way as Lupe. Yeah, it, it literally went. <laughs> they sealed the playbook. But, I mean, that's okay because that means, like, we're doing something right if everyone's doing the same thing. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was pretty hard for me. I was super depressed because a lot of them, like, I really liked them. And I was like, holy crap, you know, like, dagger in the heart. But what we ended up realizing was it was the best business decision we ever made because we crushed it. Like basically everyone that walked out were the ones blocking and like we were losing money on. So even though it was massive walkout and we did lose some clients, we ended up getting new clients, actually retaining them. And we held on to people who actually wanted to work. Yeah. Our business numbers jumped. Because, it was insane. Because now when we were spending all that money in marketing, we actually had people to take the clients that yeah. were full-time employees, not just recklessly taken off. Yeah. No, it was a huge, at the time it seemed very gloom and doom, but man, the money turnaround on that one, it was almost like fresh blood, 
people who were freshly excited, new clients who were excited. Like it was a big time. It was a good win. The other thing I was going to say, you know, that that really hurt during that time too, by making them independent contractors, right? Thinking we were doing the right thing. We actually got, remember back during like right when everything first opened, everybody was, the government was giving people Mm -hmm. an additional 600 bucks a week plus they would get their unemployment. Yeah. So people were making more, basically government went out and incentivized people to stay home. Yeah. So people were actually making more money, not returning to work. We called our entire staff back. We're like, hey, we're reopening. And they were like, you're trying to mess with my income, mofo, and like flipping us off. And it was like, no, I'm just trying to reopen my business, right? Like, that's what we're trying to do. It's it's not going to be this way forever. Yeah. And so people were so accustomed to getting free handouts. I saw this meme. It was like, you know, we all expected COVID to be the end of the world, like an apocalypse and nuclear bombs. Instead, it's a bunch of people sitting around with Xbox headsets on their underwear, Cheeto fingers, like, (laughs) where's my check? (laughs) And so people were so accustomed to being paid to stay home. They like got really angry. So we're like, all right, listen, let's bring it back as independent contractors. We don't know how it's going to go yet. Some of them were still technically collecting unemployment and getting paid mm-hmm. under the table and and then they got that loan too or whatever and the they 10, got 000. yeah they got the uh not I, the P, not the IEDL IEDL or, or something, something. Yeah. Like, isn't that the name of a contraceptive <laughs> I don't know how would you know I, I saw the commercial Nubia oh. <laughs> it was on during sports center I'm like well this is a weird <laughs> yeah right must have been WNBA though <laughs> are you using out yourself <laughs> stuck in my butt hopefully I don't get pregnant <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll keep you from that's minute. a wild business story <laughs> yeah those jujitsu guys leave me alone <laughs> oh my god anyways, anyways <laughs> the point is that they all got that contractor thing it was like a ten thousand dollar contractor pay it was like the version of the unemployment for the the regular people it was for so gig then everybody workers. went to hawaii <laughs> yeah, that's why. so so what happened was everybody was getting that pay collecting their unemployment and uh they still working on the table it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. That's between you and the IRS. I don't care. I'm not here to judge. Like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I just need people back to work. And what happened was they were quitting and then filing for unemployment. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any wages turned in for them because they came back as independent contractors. And so the, uh, not state board, but the unemployment office came in and was just like, hey, you know, labor board. They were like, hey, these people, you don't have any wages for them, but they said they've been working. It's like, mm, well, Technically, they already got paid. They're gig workers, and we showed where they they're like, we yeah. don't care. If they're on your books, they're your employee. I'm like, no, they came and went as they pleased. And he said, that's where you're wrong. So we have a system of classifying if they're an employer or not. So did they come in under your marketing? I go, yeah, we market for the whole place. It doesn't matter. They didn't pay for that marketing directly. I go, no, they go, okay, they're not, they're an employee. Yeah. I go, okay. They go, when the service is over, do they collect the payment or do you have a front desk? This is the front desk. Did. Is it? They need to have their own merchant account. Yeah, I so said, basically we were screwed. I go, none of these girls can even get, half these girls can't even get a merchant account. Their credit's so screwed, right? And like one of them couldn't even get approved finance for a birdhouse, let alone a regular home. <laughs> and you want her handling the money? I'm going to chase her down now. You know what I mean? Like they go, yeah. So anyways, they trumped us in every facet. And so legally, we're talking about things we got in trouble with by making those independent contractors during this whole COVID thing when there were audits going on and all this fraud going on. That's when we got you know, in some trouble on top of having that massive workout and them all collecting. I know. And it was crazy because like literally we were always in like a group chat and everybody was like, I can't wait to go back to work, you know? And we're like, you know what, Mike and I were like, you know what? We want to make sure that they get like the most money. Yeah, because they were hurting. And they were hurting and we were like, we're going to do the right, yeah. Yeah, and then we end up getting just. Yeah, we get bit in the ass for it. Go figure. No way, it's over. No good deed goes unpunished. (laughs) But yeah, those are some, oh man, those are some wild stories. You can take you down memory lane? Yeah, it makes me really depressed. I need a pumpkin loaf. <laughs> oh, 
man, what else? That that's enough. I can't do anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think of all the money like just gone, like in just mistakes. So we hopefully get, everyone yeah, <laughs> learns we, from us. We get these things pretty often. You know, here's the thing. You know, lawsuits are part of the business. Getting in shitty situations is part of the business. Figuring things out. This is all it's like all I'm saying is have a little common sense, right? If you're making money hand over fist and you're growing in your local area and developing a brand and, and a reputation, you got people wanting to work for you. Start thinking like of your infrastructure. Where am I weak? Where's the where's the chink in the armor, right? Having those girls as um, independent contractors was a big risk. Get a chink in the armor with you know labor board. Having you know those girls as independent contractors, not one to take the clients. We're spending all that money that people were going to other salons. We were just losing them anyway. Mm-hmm. That was a chink in the armor, right? Not finding out if our products that we're buying in advance before we even go to market are patented or trademark. That was a chink in the armor. These are all things. So just use common sense. Look at your look at your current structure and go, hey. Where am I vulnerable? Where's something that people can come in and take advantage? Where, you know, some areas that could be potential lawsuits. And don't look at it like, oh, this is just the way it is, the gravy train. You know what I mean? I know I've told this story before, but like again, in the mortgage business, there was this old guy, Bill Cook was his name, and he used to say, Mike, save your money. I'd have some really good months, big commissions. He'd say, save your money, young buck. And I'm like, ah, oh, whatever, hater, you know, because I'd be doing dumb stuff like renting custom cars and flying to random places for getting vacations. Getting strippers. Not getting strippers. <laughs> Not getting strippers. Wow. I don't know how you go there. I go here. (laughs) Keep going. Okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I used to to say, hey, listen, you think the housing market is just going to keep going up? People are just going to keep refinancing, pulling hundreds of thousands out. They're going to go to sleep, wake up tomorrow. Homes worth 50 grand more overnight. Like, use some common sense. This bubble's going to burst. And I I had no idea because this was the only system I ever grew up in. So if you grew up, you know, under the orange man years, under the Trump years, when things were really good and you're thinking this is how it's always going to be. And then we hit a recession and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, man, this is horrible. Just know there's going to be ups and downs always. So just like I'm saying, if you're having on a good run, you're, you're, you're about to crap out at some point. Right. So just look for the things, the road signs, the things that are coming up that could be potential di- like disasters or potential lawsuits and try to look to mitigate or avert that disaster and you'll be OK. And none of this stuff is permanent. You know what I mean? We've been through this so many damn times. Yeah. I'm 21. She's 19. We look old as fuck. <laughs> that's just business stress. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was good. All right. Well, that's all we got for you today. If you yeah. haven't done so yet. Subscribe to us. And? Refer a friend. And? Join the Lash T on Facebook. T-E-A. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's and it. And we have our business mentoring for $1.99 a month. You have access to Mike and I. You have access to business accelerator courses, 20% off products, a free, uh, a free, a live Zoom with um, Mike and I and our members, which is really cool. Yeah. To them, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.